Over 24 million people in the United States are addicted to either alcohol or drugs. It's a national epidemic, and it's killing more people than auto accidents each year. If you or a loved one are struggling with an addiction, what's your plan? Do you think it will just go away on its own? It won't. Are you embarrassed or ashamed to ask for help? Too many people are. Addiction is not a character flaw. It's a disease that left untreated destroys lives, families, and relationships. It will literally take everything from you. Get help. Get help now. Call the Addiction Advisor Helpline. Their advisors are there 24 hours a day to listen and provide guidance. The call is free and the service is free. Call the Addiction Advisor at 800-278-9402. That's 800-278-9402. Again, 800-278-9402. That's Supreme Court on Monday uh, did actually get, they, they issued one good ruling. Yeah. Uh, well, really I, the whole session. Pretty much the whole pretty session. I, I'm trying to think if there was another one that I thought was really good. I'm too. Was um, there, maybe there was a couple, but I don't remember. Uh, the EPA one, although, is arguably the biggest ruling. And there's a case to be made that the EPA ruling was the biggest ruling in the entire session. You had gay marriage, but everyone kind of knew that was happening. Plus, it was already in 37 states. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of already, you're, you were pretty much already there anyway. Obamacare, which and we the, already had. Obamacare was big, however, um, even if it had gone the way we wanted it to go, there's a good chance that a lot of these states would have just created their own exchanges anyway. And yeah. it, would have been a, it would have been a positive ruling, but whether it would have changed mm-hmm. the world, I don't know. The EPA makes a lot of laws, uh, and I would say they wouldn't call them laws, but you know, it, it doesn't matter what they call them. They get to essentially hoist, uh, hoist policy up on, a, on the entire country whenever they want. Yeah, 70,000 like, regulations, right? Isn't it 70,000? Like yeah. Uh, and uh, most of these are, you know, not even challenged. They did a big-time overreach um, earlier, um, and the way that this came down is, is part of the ruling, and it's an interesting one. I want to bring on, uh, if we could, uh, Kathleen Harnett-White. Um, she is uh, she's joining us, and, you know, you, you're from the Texas uh, Public Policy Foundation. Is that right, Kathleen? Yes, I am. Thanks so much for coming on. You really have been following this closely. Can you start us at the beginning what is the what are the walk us through the rules uh, that they made uh, that were actually challenged in the Supreme Court? The the rule um, that they were challenging was one of the about a dozen um, EPA rules promulgated over the uh, Obama administration's terms mm-hmm. about what 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 people call traditional pollutants or I call real pollutants um, that if in fact at high enough levels and exposures can harm human health, not CO two. But expressly, um, you know, ozone and particulate matter, and I won't go on. But um, this is uh, a challenge to the mercury rule, which EPA, in its own um, words, uh, identifies as the most expensive rule to date that ever promulgated. Um, and in fact, that that factor was a driver in this um, Supreme Court ruling. The Supreme Court. Um, ruled that EPA erred 
um, by um, not considering the extraordinary costs in this rule. And just and maybe you've looked at this, but just, I mean, th- th- this is staggering. The annual, what EPA estimates is the annual cost of compliance is about $9.6 billion. That's every year in the electric power sector, Jeez. not one, just for this rule. Mm. And its own estimate of the benefits are $6 million. $9.6 billion costs $6 million in alleged health benefits. I would argue there are no health benefits. Wait, $9.6 billion, are you saying, Kathleen, with a B? <laughs> I'm B as in baby boy. Wow. Billion. And, and then you get $6 million right. uh, and the, for the, the $9.6 billion. The Supreme Court did its arithmetic, and indeed, 9.6 billion Uh is about 2,400 times higher than 6 million. You know, when you get to the B's and the the T's, you get so many zeros, it's sometimes the magnitude of the difference is hard to... It's incredible. I mean, because the case really was about the idea that they even had to bother considering what the costs were, right? I mean, their their position going in is, I don't care if it costs twenty-seven trillion dollars. We don't have to think about that. No, exactly. That what they what they uh, the court rejected was that EPA said that they could disregard costs. That that was that. But that in in that way, you know, it's not a vacature of the rule. Um, the court just sent EPA back in the so-called remand uh, form to redo it better, which is one of the really insidious parts of the way um, most uh, court decisions about in, in EPA's rules. Some of them, you know, have been, been – it's been rare that anything's actually been vacated. Um, they send them back, and then you have – we hear the words about all the time, but it's, it's a vicious infection in our whole country. You have a totally unpredictable, unreliable regulatory system. You can try to comply just because you want to stay in business, even if you don't think it's worthwhile. And you try to comply, and then EPA changes the rules of the game or mm-hmm. spends so much time um, – there's so much time on litigation that there's no way businesses can plan. Can, can plan. What does this mean, Kathleen, for – for instance, coal companies for the coal industry, uh, which has been uh, having a really hard time just staying in business because of some of these regulations. And the fact that uh, Barack Obama, by his own admission, was trying to drive them directly out of business and bankrupt the coal industry. Uh, does this help them out uh, uh, very much? In part, yes. And I just would like to wholeheartedly agree with you. This rule is not about reducing mercury or protecting human health. It's about killing coal. Mm-hmm. It's directly about that's the that's that's its that's its purpose. Yeah, I think I think you know who if one's an optimist or pessimist is the glass half full or the glass half empty. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's actually the situation. But this rule also comes on the heels of another um, you know reversal um, of the one of EPA's first rules to reduce carbon dioxide that we call the tailoring rule, where EPA changed the numbers um, in the Clean Air Act. In order to um, the Clean Air Act says if you emit 100 tons of XYZ pollutant, you must be regulated in a certain way. And EPA said, oh, no, if you do that with carbon dioxide, instead of regulating 12 sources, we'll be regulating 6 million, like like your church and your hospital. And so EPA said, let's just call that instead of 100, let's call that 100,000. The courts in a in a really in at least dramatic rhetoric said you that that does not go you cannot rewrite the black letter words of the clean air act so on that decision this decision <laughs> there's a perilous majority that means how how justice kennedy feels 
uh-huh. on the on the day he makes his conclusion. Right. Yeah, it's right. interesting because he was fine with things being re- rewritten for Obamacare, right. but not so much with this particular one. Right. That's so amazing. I, without the course checks, I mean, wow. EPA is on a. I've watched EPA for six years. I mean, for 30 years, I was chairman of Texas' large environmental regulatory agency for six years. I've been inside hassling with EPA all day um, about the state's big ozone plan and all that. Until this administration, EPA would make a lot of bad decisions, and it never started stop trying to expand its domain and tighten standards. But there's an exponential difference with this administration, and nothing has been stopping it. Mm. Nothing has been stopping it. Is this something you've noticed? There's something I've kind of noticed as far as the way the court operates, which is when when conservatives uh, and the conservative side, as in this case, wins a judgment, as you kind of pointed out, it gets sent back down. They have to rework it. It's very limited in its scope. When the liberals on the on the uh, on the Supreme Court win a case, it seems to have these expansive consequences that range out throughout society and echo through almost every aspect of our life. Is that something that I'm just noticing because I don't like the liberal decisions, or is that something that? No, you, you... I think if you ever wanted to, people predicted decades ago when Richard Nixon created the EPA that we were that it created a new era. If if Woodrow Wilson established the ideological basis for the. Um, the left's, you know, expansion of, of mm-hmm. central government. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Roosevelt created a, a civil kind of engineering of the country. LBJ created a kind of social engineering of the country. EPA created economic engineering, mm-hmm. which is the entire country. Um, so if you want to use those, if you want, and Congress wrote the laws, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the 1970s, never imagining that EPA would be trying to eliminate the source of 40% of all our electricity. Um, and so EPA, you can get away with a lot if you want to pull it. And the, mm. these are good signs from the court, but, oh, my goodness, what a, like I said, a, a perilous one-vote mm. uh, yeah. majority. Yeah, which, you know, you, you can never rest easy with that kind of thing because it could come up again at virtually any time. That was a really nice breakdown of the progression of this progressive mentality and how far we've come in a a relatively short time uh, with this new progressive mentality in this country. Um, Back when they were trying to sell this plan to uh, Americans, Lisa Jackson at the EPA said, we're actually at the point in many areas of the country that the best advice is don't go outside. <laughs> don't breathe the air. It might kill you. How, how do we combat that kind of rhetoric? Kathleen? Well, those words are dear to my heart. Because <laughs> I, wrote a, I wrote a long, geeky research paper called EPA's Pretense of Science Regulating Phantom Risk. On the basis of that outrageous statement you just quoted, we have, this country has reduced... Um, real pollution by amazing amounts, mm-hmm. uh, 70% what, e- what the, the Clean Air Act calls the, the main six criteria pollutants. Those have been reduced mm-hmm. by 70%. Wow. I could go on and on since, and on. EPA since when? conjures up um, these health effects that don't exist um, at all. Can you, uh, Kathleen, do you have a date? Like, they've been reduced 70% since when? Since what timetable? Oh, people, I mean, you know, folks that work with this argue about that. Probably you can, probably since, um, actually, I think it's, it's later. I think it's um, really the, the 80s on. Yeah, that's what, that they, would be my they, guess. 
they started going down, though, in the 60s before the Clean Air Act. And if you're a yeah. follower of a series that show you that as, as economic growth, um, you know, creates more and more prosperity in any country, at a certain point, environmental quality becomes important. If you're just working for subsist- subsistence existence, mm-hmm. environmental uh, considerations are really kind of a luxury. Yeah, I mean, wealth, but, wealthy countries yes. are clean countries. And, and, right. and you yes. see this around the world with one of the biggest killers uh, in the world is burning, uh, you know, um, uh, for heat and cooking, burning wood and such ins- and dung inside the home. Because it's so difficult in so many of the third world countries to actually yeah. get electricity. When you get electricity, when you start getting these things and you're surviving on a day-to-day basis, you start caring a lot more about your environment. Mm-hmm. Not only developing countries, uh, the, the European Union uh, will tell you that of the, these grand commitments um, EU members made to renewable en- energy, 20, 30, 20, 20, 20% renewable by 2020, 2030 right. by 30, all mm-hmm. the way till you get to 80%. The, 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 the renewable that accounts for 50% of what European countries now call renewables is wood. <laughs> wood? <laughs> it's wood. It's wood. It's, it was mm. declared politically to be carbon neutral because of the brilliant insight that you can burn one and you can... Um, plant one, but it's absolutely ridiculous. So, so, so taking wood, chopping down a tree, and lighting it on fire is renewable energy? Yes, renewable energy. <laughs> oh, God, it would be laughable, I That's suppose, perfect. if it wasn't that so scary. Let me give you one more from oh, Lisa Jackson, man. which I love this. This is from, uh, of course, she was with the EPA. Uh, if we could reduce uh, particulate matter uh, to, and of course that's basically pollution, to levels that are healthy, it would have the identical impact to finding a cure for cancer. Is there any science that actually supports a claim like that? Abs- absolutely none. There is mm-hmm. no uh, particulate matter. Um, particulate matter, by the way, is, is like twice or three times higher any, any side you're, anytime you're inside a building. Because the fibers of clothes and there's no air dispersion. Your house is a very, different, is a very dangerous place because of the clothes in your closet. Um, no. That our country, every place in our country has been below levels of particular matter that could. Where's the highest correlation between um, ill health and pollution versus ill health and income? The, the correlations on health are very, very gauzy. Yeah. Um, those on income um, are, are very, very high. Let me give you some other stats cited by the EPA. The EPA concluded that the Clean Air Act, the CAA, will save 230,000 lives uh, in 2020. They will prevent premature mortality. The EPA monetizes the saved lives at $2 trillion. And compliance costs only $65 billion. So they're saving us a ton of money on all of this. You've got to read my boring paper on that precise <laughs> topic, which I, I dismembered. There is nothing to it. First of all, the lives that EPA talks about saving... Those, those are, there's not people that have died from any, um, condition that some doctor has said was pollution. They, whatever they see in their, um, very, very incomplete statistics, some correlation between a slightly increased rate of death and ask a statistician what increased rate of death is because, you know, we all die. Um, but what an increased rate of death. Well, they see a correlation mm-hmm. between that and some slight elevation on a monitor. They, they count that. 
They count all the mm. deaths in hospitals attributed to a cardiovascular or respiratory condition, um, a death by that by that pollutant. Oh, and wow. and that they 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 there's no such thing. The lives they're talking about is statistical contracts. Their little statisticians find some number from those correlations, and that creates a statistical life. And this I could go on and on, but a clincher. The average, uh, you know, insurance companies in their actual aerial tables use, you know, try to make estimates on um, uh, lives gained and lives lost and average age for this and average age for that. But but most um, actuaries will say that the value of an adult life, male life at 25 is 8 or $9 million. Um, EPA uses that number to... Um, <laughs> Um, to value what ends up to be, if you do this complicated math, three additional months of life for an octogenarian. I mean, it's all so when you unpeel it, and it's 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 it should be offensive to people that that EPA is is taking people's totally justifiable interest in their health and their children's health um, because it is it is it is totally totally beyond the pale. That is not yeah. EPA's. Claims like that is pure propaganda. Mm. Kathleen, I mean, and you obviously are an expert in this field, and I, and I think part of this issue, though, is it's over our, our reliance on experts. I think so many, not enough people go through and read the boring papers anymore. There's not enough people that spend the time to look into this stuff. So when some you know smart person is telling you, well, this is going to cost millions of lives, people just sort of accept it and move on with their day. And, and it's really, you need to do more homework than that at this point. I understand, I, I understand that. And um, there's no reason why people should. I mean, it just, you know, if I really think I'm, I'm not passing this off, but uh, nat our national leaders could take this up. And, and you know what, the, the, and particularly the U.S. House in the previous Congress, oh, they had scores of hearings just about what we're talking about. And 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 picking EPA's rules apart. They've got a subpoena out that EPA's refused to um, comply with for over two years to get the raw data for the kind of the basis. And the EPA won't even give it to them. We're just dysfunctional. It's mm, amazing. But I oh, go ahead. What's you want to No, find? I just I would like to think without you know people don't need to read a thousand page EPA rules. How pathetic that is. I mean. Yeah. But if you have leadership which has basic ethics, I actually think basic ethics <laughs> contribute to capacity for objectivity versus manipulation. If you had, if you had that sort of uh, perspective, that um, person could <clears throat> um, reveal, you know, the absolutely hollow suit that is EPA's claim about. Um, current levels of pollution and human health. Well, now you're getting into crazy town. We're never going to be able to get there, okay? <laughs> That's just not going to happen. We're always going to be bad. <laughs> we will give you uh, some bonus points, however, for bringing up Woodrow Wilson on this network. Yeah, That's something, awesome. Uh, Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Kathleen Hardnett-White from the Texas Pol uh, Public Policy Foundation, thanks so much for coming on the program. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. More patents, too. It's just around the corner. She said it's not really dangerous in your house, but it is dangerous in Jeffy's house. I mean, that's, yeah. that's certainly Well, it's dangerous point. in here, too, because Jeffy happens to be in here. Right. Oh, my God. And the air quality is way down oh. since he walked in the rat. Have you noticed oh that? Oh, my God. I mean, particulates. <laughs> Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, Brad Staggs here of Blaze TV. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only eight ninety-five a month. Well, you may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? The secret is the technology. 
Broad Voice uses VoIP, a technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broad Voice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest-growing private companies in America. Get Broad Voice for only $8.95 per month. Keep your existing phone number for free, and Broad Voice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this, and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broad Voice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at broadvoice.com or call 888-332-8036. That's 888-332-8036.